Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. KJ and Lions, WEEI, the third hour, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Remember, if you missed any of KJ and Lions, which, damn it, it's an award-winning show. Uh, it, it, you, you have to speak. Well, you're an award-winning guy, right? You won. I, I share. For I, you, that was before well, yeah. my time, though. Well, I mean, you're not like four weeks old. I mean, you were living. You just weren't working here. Yet. Yeah, that's true. But I'm saying us here, right? Yeah. Like you, this is high quality. This is what we. This is what you call a ten pound show in a five pound bag. It's that heavy. All right, I like that ten pound show, five pound bag. Yeah, but I am starving. Me like too. here's here's what this one o'clock game that's not happening. Remember, we've got all the NFL playoff games for you here on Weei, including the Dallas. I'm sorry, I'm so used to saying the Patriots in a playoff game, right? <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys and the Packers at 4:15 here on Weei. Uh, we'll get into playoff tree in a couple minutes. I am so thrown. I am starving right now. You probably hear my stomach growling so loud next to you, John, that you probably think either I'm like six months pregnant and something's kicking in my stomach. It's food that should post to be there because I'm used to like, are you like one of those who are like, you set your meals like to the football games on Sundays? Oh, yeah. Like I'll make sure I eat <sighs> lunch after. And then usually my dinner is halftime of the four o'clock game. So I really yeah, I have it set pretty much to that. See, what I usually do is I always try and go out and get my food for the game so I have it for 1 o'clock kickoff. I'll eat some of the I eat some of the food at the beginning of the game. So trust me, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones have almost caused choking situations with me, right? Uh, but then at halftime, I'm good. I might eat like a little snack, maybe some chips or something. And then let's say I have a sub, right? So the rest of the sub sandwich I'll eat during the 4 o'clock game and then maybe make some popcorn for the 8 o'clock game. All of that is thrown off right now. My stomach is like... Where's the popcorn? Where's the sub? You know, where are the chips? I'm starving. Yeah, the number one thinking thing I'm thinking about right now is the rest of this show. Close yeah. second is what I'm going to have for dinner. So <laughs> i got to be honest with you. Close second. If you've missed any of this award-winning show, 10 pounds in a five-pound bag, the Odyssey app is free. Just type in 93.7 or uh, put in W-E-E-I. It'll bring you right here. You can rewind the show. It's under the weekend tab. And, of course, uh, if you can tell your Alexa device, play W-E-E-I 93.7 Boston, and you can listen on Alexa. So um, before we get into playoff tree, I, I, I do have to say this, I think, about the Patriots moving forward. Um, I think the light's going to be brighter than it is darker. It feels just really, really dark right now, does it not? It does. You know, And I think part of that is 
a lot of people, myself included, we have not suffered through a truly bad season since the year 2000. It's been a very long time, and it doesn't feel like you have an answer at the most important position, which is quarterback. Even that 2000 season, you still had Drew Bledsoe at a very minimum. You knew you had a solid, competent quarterback. That came quarterback. from being a really bad team because right. think about it, that was the biggest thing the franchise needed. There was no such thing as a quarterback that had come through here. Like Even if you go back to that season, it was Doug Flutie, Mark Wilson, um, Tony right. Eason, like they started four different quarterbacks, and it wasn't because of injury; it's because they all sucked. So, and, and that's where Flutie kind of showed up for a little bit. You're like, okay, maybe we have something. He's the local guy. Okay, that that was the only fit. But those were some bad teams. So it's like when Pete Carroll came, there was a little bit of stability and better players coming, but they just couldn't get over the hump. It's just that when so like that's why you could hire Belichick at that time, right? Belichick, you know, pretty much was more of a failure in Cleveland. The good stuff happened towards the end, and then the team gets sold. And the the idea is that, oh, well, Belichick's just going to go to Baltimore. He's from Annapolis. He'll be there with Modell, and Modell didn't bring him. So Belichick goes back and kind of chills under Bill Parcells for a little bit. Goes to a Super Bowl, by the way. Right, right. But because he's with Parcells, it's like, okay, there's still a bad taste in the mouth about Parcells from the late 90s Patriots. Like I said, it was in waves. So people remember the bad... It was really, really bad, the Ron Rust, the end of the Ron Rust era. Like, I don't know if you... Have you ever seen my throwback Mitchell Ness uh, Patriots sweatshirt? Like, it says... it's The cursive New England Patriots where it's in the red, white, and blue. Like, those are the bad years. If you see... like I'd have to show you a picture of it or wear it one day here on the show. But those were the really bad years. Like... To have okay, I also have a jacket where Patriots are written in the old style open letter Patriots with like the starts in the blue, like a blue heavy white, a little bit of red. Those were the bad years. Those, those are the bad years. Like the bad years would be the Plunkett years, which are way before my time. But I remember people talking about it, especially when Plunkett went to the Raiders, and that could be the Mac Jones story pre you know, the prequel, if you will. Then there's a lull. Then you have. One half of the Pony Express coming with um, the kid out of SMU, along with Tony Collins out of East Carolina. And that team went to the Super Bowl, got blown by the Bears. Then you have another lull. Then Parcells comes. That's another 10-year lull. And then comes the Belichick years after about six years. But in between the 85 team and when Parcells got here is probably the worst that people saw. That's yeah, the, and, and yeah. again, the first 40 years of the Patriots' existence, they really had three really good seasons, right? 76, 85, 96. And I know there are a couple other pretty good years, but those are the three teams that were, you know, two of them went to the Super Bowl. The other one was a real Super Bowl contender. So you're right. I mean, just the the feeling, the vibe is right. pretty dark right now. And, and and I get it, right? It hasn't been like this in a very, very long time. Right. So you hear older Patriots fans saying, man, people are crying about two or three years. They don't know what like five, seven, eight bad years in a row look like or feel like. And so that's kind of the biggest difference is even in the years where the Patriots weren't winning Super Bowls, teams had to go through the Patriots to get to said Super Bowl. And and I also, and I know we talked about this earlier, if you missed it all, please, WEI.com or the Odyssey app. 
we talked about how that sense of finality, because now the two pillars of the dynasty were Belichick and Brady, and now after this week, they are both gone. Not one's gone, and maybe you can you know rekindle something with the other. No, like they are both gone now, and I think a lot of people that sense of finality hit him right in the face, you know, at that press conference this week with Kraft. And I think that's part of the reason too, where there's kind of just a lot of apprehension around the Patriots right now. All right. About 12 minutes from now, we'll discuss where Bill Belichick may be heading next, but we're talking playoffs. So let's do the playoff tree. Hit it, Joe. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Playoffs? Uh, playoffs? Can't wait. Can we let him off the hook? Can't wait. Playoffs? Son, I got to do better than this. You kidding me? Playoffs? Uh, it's an award-winning KJ and Lions playoff. You keep the music going, Joe, because that's the idea about the playoffs. I feel like we're part of NFL Films. 4.30 today, Packers, Cowboys, Cowboys favored by seven. What do you see coming out of this game, John? So, first of all, this could be the Bill Belichick Bowl. Packers (laughs) win. He could be the head coach in Dallas, and I know we're going to talk about that next segment. Look, I think the Cowboys do win this game. I think they just have too many playmakers for the Packers to keep up with. I could see the Packers have a lot lot of trouble covering like C.D. Lamb over them. And and look, I know the Packers have some good defensive backs, but I worry about them covering tight ends, guys in the middle of the field. So that could be a big thing. Well, I do think it's going to be a shootout. And if there is a concern I have about the Cowboys is if the running game from Tony Pollard can't get going or they find themselves in red zones where they can't convert sevens and have to settle for threes, that's where it's going to be interesting. I think Jordan Love will will be a showcase feature in this game, but I'm with you, John. I think the Cowboys win. I don't think they cover the seven points. The over-under is 51. I do like the over on that. All right, tonight, Rams, Lions, Lions favored by three, but the Rams return of Matthew Stafford to Detroit. Who do you like? I like the Lions here, and this should be a shootout. Both offenses are top 10 in points per game. One thing I have my eye on, the Rams have lost lost seven games this year. Excuse me. Four of those seven, they've given up at least 139 rushing yards. So can Jameer Mm. Gibbs and that rushing attack hit some big plays? And I know teams, before someone angrily texts in, I know they run more when they're winning, so you're going to give up more rushing yards when you lose. But 139 is a big number. So I I could see Jameer Gibbs having a couple big plays in the running game. And that offensive line for Detroit is freaking awesome. And they've got David Montgomery. Look, people yeah, don't talk sleep about, on him. I should have mentioned go, him. Yeah, this is why I like the lines in this game. I know it's a sexy pick about Matthew Stafford coming back. And, of course, with plus money, you're tempted to play it. But I like the lines in this game because when it comes to the playoffs, you even saw it last night with the Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't throw it. Well, they were able to throw the ball around because they got the run game going. Yeah. So I think the lines between David Montgomery and Gibbs will get that run game going. And then we'll be able to open things up for Amon St. Ra who's just an absolute stud. I, I, and Sam Laporta, he's on, I think he's going to be kind of on a, a snap count. I think the Rams were over game plan for him, but it's the run game that will get them across that threshold. I like the under of 53 in that game, so I don't think it'd be as high scoring as people think because of said run game. All right, tomorrow in what we call the away game, Buffalo needs another reason. Didn't they get their playoff game moved to Detroit last year for the same reason? It was either a play or as a late regular season game. It was, it was around that time. Yeah, it was right because 
They had a game in Detroit, and then they turn around and played the playoff game in Detroit or another regular season game in Detroit. So they had two straight games. Like, oh, my God, the Bills, think about it. They've been placated by the league with this game from yesterday. The governor gets in the way. That's a nice way to do it. Get the rule changed because because the, because we didn't get a chance to get the ball against the Chiefs. They're favored by 10 against the Steelers. Do you think that's a high number, or do you think there's an upset on the way here? So I, I think it's slightly high, mostly because of the weather, but since they postponed it, I, I think the Bills win this game. And look, I think the Bills are the most volatile team in the entire playoffs. I could see them winning the Super Bowl. I could see them losing in the divisional round. I think either way, though, they beat the Steelers. And my biggest concern about Buffalo is their turnovers, which they seem yeah. to do every single week. But Pittsburgh's offense is at the bottom of the league in points per game and yards per game. I don't think they could take advantage of those turnovers. And with no TJ Watt there either, I, I think the Bills win this. And I, I think because the weather, hopefully tomorrow won't be as much of a factor, they cover the spread. I don't think they cover the 10. And I'll be interested to see how this game plays out because I think there's an element of Buffalo and its fans. Remember, they put up JV banners in their locker rooms are thinking about the Chiefs coming to them next week. And as long as they're thinking that, now granted, unless something happens to Baltimore that we don't expect to see, but if the Chiefs are coming to the Bills next week, this may be a game that goes into the fourth quarter where it's ugly and close. If there's no T.J. Watt, I think that might be built in. I think he'll probably be in there to get some snaps, but I do like the Bills to win the game. I just think 10 points are too heavy. And then... Eagles, Buccaneers. Now down in Philadelphia, they're calling this a Belichick Bowl game as well. Philly favored by three. Do you think the Bucs have a chance? I do think they have a chance. I think it's more about Philly is in a bad way right now. I like. I think Philly wins this game, but I don't feel good about Philly going deep in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think about them going deep into the playoffs. So I think we're pretty much calling board on all this. You don't call any upsets. Um, out of this Cowboys game, do you think the Cowboy potentially Cowboys, Lions, 49ers, Eagles, who would you like out of those last Oh, four? 49ers. Like, I think the 49ers are going to go to the Super Bowl, and I think they're going to win it. All right, out of potentially Baltimore, Bills, and there's no AFC game until tomorrow, right? So there's one AFC game. Yeah, I, I like Baltimore. Baltimore? Okay, yeah. so, all right, hang out because we still have more KJ and Lions, but right now it's time to trend with John. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is KJ and Lions on WEEI. But in the end, 
uh, as times move on, things change. And I think that when we see the legacy of Bill Belichick, it was deteriorating before our very eyes because of what has transpired in the absence of Tom Brady. Um, you know, they just haven't been that team. There, were, there was hope because Mac Jones had a good rookie year. And then obviously the second go-round, it was ruined because Matt Patricia and Joe Judge were the offensive coordinators, which was a horrible decision by Bill Belichick. And the offense's nosedive since that time. KJ Alliance, WEEI. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. That's Stephen A. Smith. That, true story, John. My brother and I. So if people are trying to dig about like Stephen A. Smith's past, you know, like our schools are about 10 minutes apart at college. My brother was in classes with him and stuff like that. I do remember when he did play basketball for the team, but he was on the bench. All right. Good to know. Good yeah, to that's, know. I, Another was, random person. I, Celebrity that you knew in their youth? I, well, it's, it's, that's well, yeah, maybe he is now. But when he was writing for the Winston Salem Journal, he was covering Wake Forest tennis and soccer. I believe was one of his first assignments. At that time, I was an intern at the CBS affiliate in the sports department. True story. Um, there's a very lazy narrative I think being slapped on Belichick, and we'll get to where we think he's heading here in a moment. Look, I don't think there was going to be any success. Let's just say Brady left. Did you really think that the Patriots were going to be as good no matter who the quarterback was? No. Right. I did mean, you if think you, they were going to be this bad, though? Yes. I didn't. I think I a did. lot of – and I don't think the Crafts did either, and I don't think well, Belichick did. Well, here's, here's why I say yes. New England, we're a very insulated area, right? So a lot of people outside of New England have their opinions about New England – here, everything we know is right here, right? That's, I mean, yeah, we might follow some things in other places, but because you have a championship-winning team, a dynasty going on, everything is insular. But you can see things coming down the pike when the greatest leaves, there's no greatest junior, right? Like, even if Batman was removed off of Batman, do you really think Robin would be as effective as fighting crime in the city as Batman? Yeah, but we've seen a lot of successful, not a lot, but we've seen several successful transitions in the last 30 years, whether it was from Joe Montana to Steve Young or Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, and I know there was a gap year in between. Like so We've me, seen successful so transition, and they made the playoffs in 2021 with a young quarterback and a lot of young players contributing, and then two years later they win four games and they're eliminated, what, in late November or early December? Like yeah. I don't think... I didn't anticipate it being this bad, and I don't think the Crafts did, and I don't think, frankly, Belichick did either. Well, let me correct why the Montana to Steve Young narrative isn't like, hey, Montana was here and then we drafted Steve Young. Steve Young was a number one pick, but chose to go to the USFL. USFL folded. He goes to Tampa. Well, actually, he's in Tampa first. Either way, he goes to – no, after that, when the USFL folded, he goes to Tampa. They're absolutely horrible. He's just getting totally dogged. So from there, he goes and he's willing to be on the bench behind Joe Montana for a couple of years. Here in the situation, there was no coming to the rescue, sitting behind Tom Brady for a couple of years, and then would be the next guy. I think the question would be, why are we undermining Tom in his last couple of years, having clearly a top-level quarterback who's waiting in, in the wings? So I don't know if that applies here. I think it's just one of those situations is when you're the greatest quarterback of all time, unless you make 
a move for like a Drew Brees, but he's on his way out. The Andrew Luck situation, Andrew Luck was a was a no miss situation, and the Colts had the wrong. They had a bad record at the right time, right? It's it's very much like the the uh, San Antonio Spurs, the one year David Robinson gets hurt. They're so bad that one year that Tim Duncan comes and here comes the dynasty. In this situation, you knew that when Tom left, and historically you didn't have high draft picks, and even when you were able to draft Mac, we're not talking about you you weren't drafting in the top 10. You're in the middle of the rounds. So because the team was so good for so many years, rarely did it ever see itself in a draft position, one, two, three, or even five, to go get that quarterback while Brady was still here. Like the only time that could have happened is when the year that Brady goes down with a broken ankle and Matt Castle comes in and they finish 8-8. Eight and, eight. and even then it was way too early because it was right. 2008. But look, right. I think you could see seeds of them not being as good, like with the dra- offensive draft picks not working out the last few years of Brady's tenure and, and some of the older players they had to hang around in 2018, 2019. But still, to go from you know 10 wins two years ago to four wins this year, I don't think they foresaw. And frankly, I think if they thought this might happen, Brady would never have left. Because I think if Bill thought that would happen, he would have just ponied up and re-signed him. Or if Kraft thought it would happen, he would have forced Bill to re-sign Brady. Maybe even would have picked Brady over Bill. So I think they definitely did not anticipate things being this bad. But I think the other part of that is, you knew that Tom was going to leave because Bill was not going to go get Tom what Tampa already had. Right. Well, so he tried, you, though, and failed. Like, Nikhil Harry was a first-round pick. They no, traded a second-round pick for guys Hamid. like yeah, they traded, and Godwin. They like, traded a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu. Like, they tried, no, the, and then these, they just failed those at are not, those are Those are not Godwin and Evan-level guys. I know, but my point is that they tried to get those guys, and they failed at it. No, which is Tom, part of Tom went and got guys. He went, to see, he went to two guys that he knows were both one receivers. If Godwin or Evans were here... They would be the top receivers you would have seen yes. here over the last five years. And also, if Nikhil Harry had been Debo Samuel, he would have been, or Debo Samuel, excuse me, he would have been a number one. Or if he was AJ Brown, he or would have been Debo a number Samuel one. If Debo Samuel had Nikhil like, Harry's tape, then maybe like, he didn't. Though, like they, they should not have like that. It's not the original sin, but I think if they had drafted Sebo, excuse me, I'm like annoyed by this. Debo Samuel or AJ Brown. Maybe Brady doesn't leave, but or that's at least just, partly. But that's just—I think—that's just too easy of a narrative because you don't know what those players. It's true, though. Become. Like the scouts you liked those guys better, and Belichick didn't like them as much because they goofed off in their pre-draft visit. Even though Rob Gronkowski did that, and he drafted Gronk anyway, and then he drafts the wrong guy. Well, one would cost more, right? A, t- a goofy tight end would cost you a lot less than a goofy right wide receiver overpaying them. Uh, Doug in the car. Thanks for calling KJ and Lions. You're on the air. Yeah, I got a goofy observation and then a uh, question I'll hang up. Um, wouldn't it be like a total Belichickian thing if he goes somewhere else and hires Matt Patricia as an offensive coordinator and like just kind of does it his own way? Uh, and what's your Can you imagine that, him doing something like that? Like next, it's kind of like what I want. Like you know, he's going to get to go somewhere and kind of run a show. It'll be kind of neat to see if he could do some of the things that he wanted to do that the uh-huh. craft didn't let him do. Doug, and then my second the, question oh, is, okay. uh, is there any kind of sign that Mayo's going to run any kind of like modern offense or he's kind of one of these young coaches? Is there any kind of like uh, offensive um, like new like method or something that like he might have any like evidence of anything like that? Doug, thanks for the call. We'll work the call backwards. So do you think that Mayo is going to have say over the offense like that? Yeah, I think he'll have say in the direction of it. And I think he'll have, I mean, he's the head coach. Like he's going to get us, that's, it's his offense and how they're going to run it. What I want to know is, does he think 
the Patriots offense is good and the players have been bad, or does he think they need an overhaul approach with an outside voice in a system like the Rams, the 49ers, the Vikings, you know, whatever team you want to pick? Because I think that is our now the defining question of their offseason was what they're going to do with Belichick. Now that that's answered, the next defining question is what is Gerard Mayo's offensive philosophy? Because that's going to make a difference on what coaches you hire, what free agents you sign, what guys you target in trades, and ultimately, and most importantly, what you do with the third overall pick in the draft. And his other question about would he let go somewhere and take Patricia to run the offense? Hey, Patricia's having a problem running the defense yeah, in Philadelphia. Yeah, that already failed once here. Right. Time. So when I talked to Sean Bell at WIP, our sister station in Philadelphia on Thursday night with all the changes – and he mentioned that some of the people there in Philadelphia are really starting to clamor for Belichick. I said, here's the bad news. If you hire Belichick, Patricia stays. And you're already seeing the death knell of Patricia on your defense so far. So I don't think that he goes to Philadelphia. We'll get also, into some too, of the Also, Philly, that's yeah. like, and this is a side, I know we're not doing sports radio in Philly, but Nick Sirianni went to a Super Bowl last year. They lost by three. Now he has a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator, and he's a playoff team again, and people want to fire him. That's like the stupidest thing I've heard well, in it, the last it, few years. That's goes, ridiculous. So what I would mentioned on the show that I think some of the people in Philadelphia are having the feelings that they had about 18 months ago about him, thinking like, are you the guy for the job? And so now they're feeling like, okay, we believed you were the guy for the job, but if you lose against Tampa – we may not want you to, and we got into a conversation. You know what? You can listen on the Odyssey app for that as well. Uh, just type in WIP94 in Philadelphia and Sean Bell Show from Thursday. And that's how I explained, like, look, there's an activist owner there with the lorries. The crafts may be starting to become that a little bit. Uh, now that Bill is out of there, you might see that. Like, the, the, the leash will be very short, I think. So it'll be interesting how it all plays out. Let's go to Steve in the car. Thanks for calling KJ and Lions. You're on WEEI. Hey, guys, how you doing? Great, Steve. Thanks for the call. Hey, you're welcome. I love this radio station. Anyway, uh, as far as Peacock, I'm an old guy, okay? I'm old school. When I was young, we had Are you screaming at a nimbleless cloud or a cumulus cloud? Which cloud are you screaming at right now? I'm totally kidding. Go ahead. Huh? Never mind. Go ahead. The Peacock situation, yes. Well, yeah, the Peacock situation is terrible, man. When I was a kid... We had Channel 38, we had 4, 5, and 7, and we saw all the sports. And, there was and then none they of started digging up in my yard and laying that cable down? So, okay, so what, what is that? your thought on the future of the Patriots? The future of the Patriots, I like Gerard Mayo. I think he's going to make an excellent coach. Just get rid of the Belichick kids. Get yourself a third-round draft pick. Get rid of Mac Jones and uh, make Zappi the backup. Or have Zappi go against the new guy. You know, there's got to be things, and the front line's got to be beefed up. Steve, thanks so much for the call. You know what? I mean, I totally understand the Peacock argument. But then he took it back to, like, getting up and turning the channels. And that could be brutal thought for some people because some people had fathers that made them get up and turn the channel. Like, get up and turn the channel. Yeah. yeah. I like that he identified himself as an old guy. I, then I they started it. digging lines in my yard and put this thing in there called cable, and kids were watching music videos. All day they wouldn't go on play side anymore. I'm sorry. Look, I'm an old guy too, but I understand how things do move forward in the world. But it could be. And I, I, have, I just spent all that money for the antenna on the back of the house. Did I break my neck to tune to Channel 38? And they're going to start digging in my yard, putting this thing called cable? That box with that long cord that I trip over in my living room? 
Do I sound, do I sound like an old man right there? Yes, yes, you do. Very accurate. Very, old. Yes. very accurate. Very but accurate. I, here, here's the thing, John, I think, is I think you can only go but up from here with the situation. I agree. Like, there's well, no yeah, I mean, Steve you Belichick can't get much worse than four wins, right? You're going to win three? You're going to win two? I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe. Like, I agree. I mean, I, right. Like, And that's the thing, too. Like, I think no matter what, and I would have said this if Belichick had stayed, I think next year's Patriots team is going to win more games than this year's team because you're going to have some more. There's going to be more certainty at quarterback and more investments on offense. So I, I felt that way if Belichick had stayed, and I think now with Mayo, I feel the same way. Like Arizona they, and Washington on the schedule again next year. Yeah, they got the easier <laughs> schedule. That trip to Chicago should help yeah, them out a little bit too, right? Like so, it all helps. I, I think they are going to win more games next year than than this year for sure. Okay, so I'm going to say a real quick prayer before we pick up this next call. Okay, Danny and Quincy, go ahead. Are you there? Yeah, Danny, go ahead. You're on the air. I'm sorry, brother. I didn't think I was going to get on that quick. Uh, Me hey, either. 2019, coming off the Super Bowl in the 18th season, which was won by defense, special teams. Heard a lot of people uh, complaining about, you know, Isaiah Wynn and um, um, what's his name? Uh, Sony Michelle, uh, Michel. who was good that Sony year. Sony Michelle. What's that? He was good that year. He was good in the playoffs. Yeah, they they won a Super Bowl. I call that year the forgotten Super Bowl because nobody brings up that Super It's a Super Bowl. We're bitching about qualifying. 28 to 3 is mentioned all the time, but that one, that was okay. 19, Bill Belichick, if if he was that pissed at Brady, wouldn't have gone out and got Mohamed Sanu for him. And then he went out, and this this was the, the straw that broke the camel's back on the season. He went out and got Antonio Brown. I was dancing a jig in the living room when he got Belichick pulled that one off. He slipped through the cracks, and they got him. And I submit to you, with Brady's babysitting like he did in Tampa Bay the first year, that they would have went back to the Super Bowl in 19 because Brady went from yeah. puss face to his pearly white smile, and then Kraft had another meddling moment. This is a very underrated story that never gets played. Kraft cut. Antonio well, Brown. Well, Danny, he did threaten the children of no. some lady. Like, wait, that's wait, the wait, reason he got released. Like, come on. So, well, you can be sick of hearing it, but it's the truth. Real. Like, whoever got oh, rid of him, like, he he did, like, we can't sit here and be like, wait, Antonio so, Brown so remember, was the, the answer. remember, the league stepped in in the Antonio Brown situation, right. and therefore the Patriots made a move. Well, that's going to eventually happen, Danny. All right, let me ask you a question. Three sentences. Make them good. How did then he ended up on Tampa Bay the following year? I submit to you, Roger Goodell and the New England and the uh, and the NFL did not want to see New England go back to another. That was more oh, okay. I would I would have let uh, him kept going. The, oh, okay. So off no, he ended up on Tampa the next year because they looked the other way and they were okay with it. Well, like that's exactly his, what happened. Like let it's me okay. His sentence that was cut off, which is okay, but I mean he took five sentences. That's okay. He believed that Roger Goodell did not want the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. I disagree because at that time, the Patriots were the Super Bowl favorites. And if you know how football's going, ka-ching, ka-ching, runs the ring, ring, ring. Okay? So the Patriots with Antonio Brown were the Super Bowl favorites. What Antonio Brown caught, what, three or four passes in that Miami game? Remember they won 43 nothing down yeah, in Miami? Right. And, and I know were, Miami wasn't good at fly- that time, but that Look, was impressive. The Chiefs were the back burner story when Antonio Brown got here, because at that time I was saying, even though I wasn't doing sports radio at the time, it was like Tom was just screaming, can you just send me one? Can I just get one guy? Can I get one one guy that people are scared of on tape? And he got Antonio Brown, but then Antonio Brown's stories came up. I don't know if 
Now, and Josh you, Gordon also didn't work right, out that year. He had been right. good early on. He had a touchdown right. against Pittsburgh. Right. So it's, Josh Gordon was going through some things that I think yeah. the team were very patient about because they didn't cut bait with him right away. All right. So Antonio Brown comes. The team is on a roll. You can't stop them. He's Danny's right. Brady looked like, oh, fill in the blank, Brady, right? He, th- that team was about to be unstoppable. Yeah, they were good. And when the league stepped in and said, hey, we're investigating the Antonio Brown situation, Robert Kraft would have the right to put that player on ice if the league is investigating. And it did become public that he like sent threatening text messages to a lady about her kids. Like, is that really the guy you want around anyway? Well, like, I, I get mean, it. Like, I, but, I think like, I don't, it, I understand it does have completely. to become an action, though. It does have like, to become something actionable, right? Because Yeah, but you can, if you, I wouldn't want that guy around on my team. Like, I get why they did it. Like, this dude, whole, like, oh, and here's, people the, with cars here's, that have stayed on teams. here's the other thing, too. Like, oh, like Antonio Brown and all this. Well, if they had gotten the Nikhil Harry pick right, like, then that wouldn't have been an issue anyway, right? Like, if they had gotten some of these other decisions right, that wouldn't have been an issue anyway. And that's well, the thing. Remember, they were there for 24 years. Like, obviously, they made some mistakes, and part of that led to the demise. It doesn't take away from the six Super Bowls they won, and it shouldn't. But you can't well, you, look at their drafting the last seven years on offense and say they you, did a good job. But you remember the stories that Nikhil Harry was trying to find a way to click with Tom, and it just yeah. seemingly wasn't And that wasn't injury happening. early on, I think, right. hurt him. But right. either way, like, they got the pick wrong. Well, so, here's the other thing. Sometimes, the you, Isaiah can get, win pick sometimes wrong. you can get the pick right and the player wrong, right? So he was picked at the right place, but this may not have been that place for yeah, him. So they got the pick wrong. They, they, it's the wrong guy. Right? It was they, the right pick. It's the wrong guy. If it was like, the right because, pick, they would have picked Debo Samuel or A.J. Brown. Well, like They got the position right, receiver, sure, but like they picked the wrong guy. That's like I, I would say this. You don't know what a player is going to be until they step into that NFL. Yeah, but culture. when all your scouts tell you these two other guys are better, maybe you should listen to them. Yeah, but his tape didn't lie. When all right? your scouts say, we've been studying this guy for multiple years, and these two guys are better, maybe you should listen. Okay, so maybe we'll see an improvement because, in essence, what you're saying, maybe the nepotism of Belichick and his friends and even, well, not so much family, but friends telling him will not matter as much in the uh, yeah. future decisions? Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, like, is Herm Edwards going to tell Gerard Mayo that you should draft this guy now? Like, I don't think that's going to happen. And, he, and not that Gerard Mayo won't have his own contacts, but I think you'll see a more empowerment of some of the lower-level people in the front office. Like, KJ, so I, may, that might help. Yeah, KJ Lines, WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. We'll get to some of your text messages shortly. Let's go to Jim and Norton. Jim, thanks so much for calling KJ Lines. You're on the air. Hey, uh, guys, you know, what I don't understand is everybody's talking about the, when this whole thing started to collapse. And in my mind, if you remember when Matt Patricia was brought to the Patriots, he was brought in as the defensive genius of the up-and-coming NFL, and they won the Super Bowl. Mm. So I don't understand why all of a sudden Matt Patricia becomes an offensive guy when he was the genius of the NFL. He was literally a rocket scientist. Thanks That's for the call. when I think this whole thing started to come down. Yeah, I think that was a big part of it. I think the caller has a good point in that, like, if they, like, let's say, KJ, they had mm-hmm. hired Bill O'Brien to start 2022 and Mac had still regressed. Then right. they could have looked at it and said, hey, maybe just he had a good rookie year and he's just not the guy or, or whatever. But because it was the Patricia and Judge thing, you really didn't know how much of the regression was Mac and how much of it was those two guys coaching him. So then when you finally do bring in O'Brien, you almost waste a whole season figuring out, 
oh, there's something really wrong here with Max. So I think that's part of it. And I think Kraft himself at the owners' meeting was like, oh, this is an unorthodox coaching setup, but Bills are in the right. You could tell he was skeptical at the time. And then when you miss the playoffs and the quarterback looks worse, I think that I think that played a pretty sizable role in this ending the way it did. Well, hold on. Didn't we hear rumblings that Nick Saban wasn't going to let Bill O'Brien out of his contract in 2022, early 2023? Uh, I don't know if he wouldn't let him out per se. Right, I know there like, was like Bill didn't want to hire him because he their buddies with Saban and he right. didn't want to rip a guy off his staff. Right. I heard so, that. So if there's an attempt, right? Because if you figure you can't get Josh because Josh is clearly taken and he's a head coach, so you can't get him back. He's left here. So you probably make that inquiry to Bill O'Brien right away and it's probably like, well, you know, I wouldn't step on Nick's toes just the same way I wouldn't want him to come poach one of my guys and be like, yeah, I want him as my assistant at Alabama because, you know, and he's running my special teams. So, yeah, but I'm sure there was at least some type of conversation and there was probably part of Bill O'Brien that was kind of like, mm, I think I like what I have right here because he just got there, right? So if Bill O'Brien had been there for several years, which wasn't the case in Alabama, then maybe there's a chance that he does come here in 2022. But because he got to Alabama in 21, I don't think it, you're going to go to Saban's like, look, I'm not going to just have a one-year coordinator after I just had you know Sarkeesian get up and leave. you know. So I don't know if Bill didn't make the attempt to see if Bill O'Brien could come, but probably ultimately knew that Alabama wasn't going to let him come. And all this other stuff that was going to so you, maybe you're hamstrung to where you think that you can make a move and you can't make that move, but now you have to make some type of move, and it's Patricia and Judge really as a capo, right? It's really the mob. He's like, okay, well these guys are good earners. I'll give them a shot at it, and all it is, it's just the playbook that's still here from Josh. Hopefully, simpling it down. So, is it some of it? Maybe not. Mac knowing more of what Josh left behind to have a better acumen about what was the script, you know, what's in the script, where you wouldn't have to depend on Judge and Patricia, or do you just sit back and say, well, Patricia and Judge are the guys, so whatever they say goes. And I also think that, like, the overall strategic vision of, in 2022, of we're going to simplify our offense and play a little bit faster, I actually think was a reasonable idea. Right. The problem is the two guys you picked to do that, and I think that partly led to this unraveling. If you said hey, we want to do more of what the 49ers do. We want to do more of what Team X does or whatever. We'll find guys that have done that there and bring those guys in and have them run the show. Because instead, now you're saying we're going to – I mean, the quote back then was streamline, right? We're going to streamline the offense, streamline. We're going to make it easier. We're going to play faster. But then you have two guys who are also learning to coach offense on the fly. Right, like I've coached mm. offense and I've coached defense at the college level. I know it's not the NFL, but I can tell you it's not the same thing. Like, you got to learn how to do – and look, are there things – and I know Belichick said at the time, hey, good coaches are good coaches, which is true, but you still have to adjust, and it takes a year or so to fully get comfortable, sometimes two years. And it's one thing if you're the assistant O-line coach or you're the assistant tight ends coach kind of learning under someone, but when you're two guys who Bill's saying, hey, run the show, then I think that leads to a lot of problems. Again, like the strategic vision I thought was reasonable. The problem is the people you pick to implement it. And what's crazy is the people who were implementing that bad vision had a better record last year than they did this year. It's KJ and Lions, WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. We get to your call and text next, plus the Lions Den. Hang out. KJ and Lions on WEEI.
KJ and Lions on WEEI. Good Sunday to you. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. You know, John, earlier in the show, we were talking about how hungry we were. And I don't think it's gotten any better over the last hour. And I think that's what kind of tricked my mind in thinking like, Lions Den is next. Show's over. Get ready to eat at three. We're actually here till four. Yeah, we got a little while. And I'm going to get hungrier. So, right, exactly. So, do you have any... So, yesterday... I had my daughter's boyfriend over to watch that the the the, uh, the Browns game, and the rule was that my daughter could not come over. Right, like this is like if this guy is serious in your life, I want to spend a little time with him, watch some football with him. I'm going to do this for you. So I did the the sliders spread, did the homemade wings, chips, and dip. I, I think I I think I was a good dad. Do you think not? I'm interested though. Why? Why the for? Could you a little detail? Why the forbidding of the daughter from being there? Because I didn't want her estrogen to get in the way of the game. Okay. Right. Like she didn't need to. Like they're grown. It's not like 16 and 17 year olds where I need to leave the door cracked open. No, you can't hang out in your room. Right. This is one of those like okay, the door to the man cave is closed off. You might hear some yelling at some plays or anything. You don't have to slide open the door. Just like, are you good when we get all this food in our laps? Okay. Like yeah, right. you know, like just a little the little check in stuff. Like, no, because and plus I did want her to sweat a little bit, right? Because she's probably thinking, like, oh my God, what is he asking him? Please don't embarrass me. Yep. I, I will disown you. So, you know, like so she How'd did, you do on that front? Did you embarrass her? No, not at okay. all. In fact, we were both like we like collecting records, so trying to find some places to go, like some record bin diving, stuff like that. So and that was it. And then we just talked about the game and yeah, I like I probably just like you. Like, hey, like a, a draw play would be really effective here. That de- that defense is over aggressive right now. They're shooting. That's how I talk when I watch football games, right? So it went well, you know. Good. But yeah, but my my she was kind of circling the wagon. She, I think she texted my wife. She's like, "You guys go out of town this weekend?" She's like, "No." Then she's like, "Oh, I thought it was just an, a guys thing, but you guys are home." Like, like no, you can't come. So it it worked out fine. He even left home with some food to take with him. He's like, it's okay if I take it. I was like, hey, I was just getting ready to ask you if you'd like to take some food home with you. There you go. You can. He didn't know that I probably that I, I stole his catalytic converter before he left. No, I'm totally kidding. Yeah. So um, remember, uh, Cowboys, Packers, 415. Coverage starts here on WEEI. Let's go to text line 37937. Joe, what you got? Yeah, we got a text from the 401, which is providence my hometown yeah. someone saying that uh the nfl posted that this is the first playoff since 1999 that don't involve tom brady or peyton manning wow yeah. well, you, well you know who's carried those for the, the last several years yeah it's been great you know that one of the my favorite stats about tom brady is he never mm. took a snap in his career where his team was eliminated from playoff contention because he was either in the playoffs every year or really right nerdy. on the last game of the season in it. Like, uh, that was pretty – that's a cool stat. Yeah, well, the, of course, in Tampa, right, like he even has to his resume that he's been on a losing team that's going to the playoffs. Right. <laughs> so that's also – The only well. losing season, by the way, he had in his entire career. Right, it's like Nolan Ryan is the all-time strikeout leader and also the all-time walks leader, right? So they, those things are going to be – I don't know if Nolan Ryan's still the all-time strikeouts leader, so don't shoot the messenger. All right, next text. We got a text from 207, I think Portland, Maine, potentially, um, saying that the Patriots, of course, the Patriots blueprint should be the Texans. They drafted a rookie QB who should be in the Pro Bowl and was the MVP in the MVP conversation. Yeah, I I think he's a top five conversation quarterback in the league right now. 
Yeah, and, and, and I think that's really because there's two ways if you're going to win in the NFL. There is the get the quarterback and build around him on offense or get all the pieces and then insert whoever at quarterback. And it's quicker if you just find the quarterback like the Texans. And, and I'm not saying they don't have good pieces there, too. They do. But that's to me, if you're the Patriots with the number three overall pick, I think that's the blueprint you should be trying to follow. I think the other thing that's just kind of the elephant in the room is you've got to change your style of offensive play. That's why I'm not this big big on Josh McDaniels returning as the offensive coordinator. It's like, bro, I don't need to see the Ticonderoga red or, red uniforms of the British Army coming back, that halfback, their third and five halfback toss. You ready to see that play again? Uh, I am, and I'm ready to see top ten offenses again every year. That'd be cool because that's what Josh McDaniels gave you. Just in the saying. last couple of years? In 14 years of running the Patriots offense, they were in top 10. Years they were with, top with, 10 with in points per game 13 with times, Brady. and that includes 2008 with Matt Castle when they were 8th and 2021 with your dear friend Mac Jones when they were 6th. So, yes. That, and had that horrible losing record schedule. I, I don't... Okay, you Josh can tr- you can make excuses if you want, but they were good every year with them. I just think things need to be modernized. You and know and like I'm not it, against that either. Right. Like, to be clear, I'm not, but... Right, it's like um, I used to when I stayed in Newton Highlands when I first came back here a few years ago. I stay there, hide the people in the post office there. They're like, "What are you doing in the post office here?" I'm like, "I got to get mail sent." But there was this house right there off of Beacon, right, right off of Beacon at right. It was a beautiful Mac, but it was old, but it still cost like five five million dollars. So you're thinking, "Oh, they're gonna go in there and just refurbish and build around this old house that sits there." The guy's like, "Now I'm tearing it down and see so you get some multi use out of it." So at some point, this offense needs to be torn down and become multi-use. I want to be able to plug my Wi-Fi in right away. The old man to the cloud, right? Yeah. I want this house to be able to use modern amenities and not have to worry about it's a power drain just because I p- decide to put a generator on a house that was built in 1774. And what it's- style of quarterback, too? does Gerard Mayo like? Like, does he want a guy who's really mobile? Does he, he want a, a guy who's more... He needs a player, yeah. Right, but he, does he want a guy who's more of a traditional pocket passer type guy? Like, I hope he's not forced into that. Yeah, I don't think he will. I, I think it's really going to come down to what he... Because we don't know what his offensive philosophy is because he you know, played here, he coached here, but he also saw it not end very well here. Does he say... Hey, we can you know make a good offense out of what we have. Or do we need a wholesale change? And what kind of does he want? The Michael Penix type guy that can make a lot of big throws, oh, but injuries. doesn't move around that much. Right. Or does he want me, yeah. like the Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, who yeah they can make throws, but they can also beat you running all over. The, like what does he really prefer from the offensive side of the ball? I think I don't know for a fact, and I'll say that, but I think it's either Caleb Williams or Jalen Daniels. And I think when it gets to that, is who can acquiesce to the culture? that isn't going to change. So I think that Caleb Williams really wants to be in D.C., and I think Washington will do everything they can to make sure that they get him, but I don't think Jalen Daniels is anything of a step down just because if you believe that you can get him in a culture to be able to play into the system that's going to be at hand and not get ahead of himself, which I think Caleb Williams may try to do. See, that's what's great about C.J. Stroud is you see a player who doesn't try and get ahead of himself because he's the number one, number two pick in the league, right? Yeah, he and, and I like outside. right. I like Jaden Daniels a lot. I think he obviously won the Heisman for a reason. I think he could be a great player. And I think, you know, I, I said this two weeks ago. I said it a month ago, and I'm saying it now. Yeah. How the Patriots feel about Jaden Daniels is going to have a massive impact on their offseason and the draft itself. Because you figure if you're a three, 
one of Williams and May, maybe both, but one of is going to be gone. So do you really like Jaden Daniels at three? Or do you not like him and maybe you go in a different direction at three? Like that's going to make a big difference. And KJ, a little story that's kind of bubbling under the surface, Caleb Williams has not declared for the draft yet, and I believe the deadline is tomorrow. So yeah, there's been those I think he's trying to make sure that Washington yeah. is going I, to take yeah. him. And I think he's trying to play some games with that too. But, I mean, on the 1% chance he doesn't declare for the draft. Oh, it becomes a mess. And that's there's a lot going on at the top that of that That becomes draft. bad for the Patriots right there. Yeah. Yeah, because you almost need him taken to get your final answer. And if he's not available, then J- maybe Jalen Daniels goes first. And then now you're looking at potentially Mac Jones as the quarterback and Marvin Harrison Jr. Welcome to Hill. All right, the final hour of KJ Lines of WEEI next. 617-779-7937. Great Sunday to you. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.